Well, it's great to see you. We doing all right? It's good to also welcome those who are joining us online this morning. Uh, I wonder how many people would say you've had difficult times in life. How many people would say that? If you haven't put your hand up, you're probably telling fibs. Not meant to tell fibs in church. But at some point in your life, not meant to tell fibs full stop, actually. But anyway, uh, just to qualify that. But you've had difficult times in life. I think that would, that would actually be probably all of us if you've lived in the last few years particularly. What about challenging times in your Christian walk? You don't have to put your hand up for that. Perhaps you've felt far from God. Or maybe you've been confused by what God is doing. In other words, God, I don't see what you're up to. I can't perceive and understand what it is you're doing. Maybe you've been upset with God at some time in your life. Perhaps your faith has been through dry and challenging times. Or all of the above more than once. There was never a promise, was there, that being a fully devoted follower of Jesus, which is a disciple, would be an easy road? Was there ever a promise that it was going to be easy? Come to faith, come to Christ, and it's all going to be perfect, and it's all going to be easy, and it's all going to be smooth sailing. Has anyone got that experience? Maybe you've been saved for 30 seconds. That might be your experience. This tension of being in the world but not of the world expressly indicates the challenges that will come for believers. Maybe your faith at times has been more routine than it has perhaps been relationship. A have to instead of a want to. Maybe your expression of faith has been more corporate than maybe it has been personal and God wants you to have a personal relationship with him. I remember when I went through a a battle with health and it seems like I have testimonies of health battles throughout my life. The reality is I do. But 15 years ago, when my arms and my legs and my back had these lumps, these benign lumps that were growing on my nerves and were causing me a whole lot of discomfort. And I remember I was praying for God to heal me and constantly saying, God, come on, I need a breakthrough. This thing that I'm living with is horrible. Yet in my prayers, nothing seemed to be changing. I'm being really honest this morning. I was getting pretty upset with God. I was doubting all kinds of things about who God was and if he truly loved me. You might say, well, really, you? Yes, really. And and I would say this to you. Am I the only one that's ever had any questions around what God is up to and had any disappointment or any frustrations in my walk with the Lord? Doubts come in what I call the dark hours of the soul. But the Bible says that pain comes in the night, but joy comes in the morning. In other words, there will be times of doubt and pain and disappointment. But here's the good thing. Stay committed to your faith for long enough and joy will always arrive in your life. One night while I was working late renovating my house and I was under time pressure because our first child, Caleb, was about to be born and I had had Angela had to move out of the house so I could renovate it and it was in a complete mess. And I remember that night I was in a lot of pain in my arms as I was fitting new doors to our house. And again, I was praying, but this time my prayers were prayers of complaint. Then God spoke to me simply in my heart with an overwhelming thought. Give thanks that you can still use your arms. That simple phrase, as simple as it was, radically shifted my perspective. Gratitude began to open my heart again to what I have instead of what I don't have. And this is a recurring theme, actually, in my life during my complaints. And I'm sure it's true in yours. Gratitude is a great antidote to a negative perspective. 
Gratitude changes your position and perspective from what I don't have to what God has given me in my life. For me, this was God meeting me in this place of my troubled mind, reestablishing my awe and wonder for who God is through gratitude, and gratitude always turns to worship, and worship always turns your heart to God and changes your perspective. So in the midst of my pain, God shows up in a simple phrase, give thanks. In the midst of your pain, give thanks. And I realize God is present in my pain, present in my trouble, present in my complaining, with me in the midst of my tough seasons. And I had to trust that God's presence was enough. He's always present. Church, He's always present. I think it's more that sometimes I just don't, perhaps you just don't, recognize that He's there. In times of my life, when I look back now and give account, I can say, God has been with me all throughout my life, even though there would be times where I'd say, where is God in the midst of this? I wonder how often we quickly forget to look for God in the midst of the challenges that life is throwing our way. Well, this morning, I want to have a look briefly at the, a time in the life of a young man called Jacob found in Genesis chapter 28. Now, for reference, Jacob is the grandson of Abraham, and Abraham is the father of Isaac, and Isaac is married to Rebekah, and Jacob's brother is Esau, and that's important. I'll explain that to you very soon. In fact, let me explain it to you now. Why is it important? Because generational blessing. I talked a few weeks ago about this idea of we don't start again, we build upon that God is a generational God. And we see it here with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The promise that's given to Abraham that all the, all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you is reestablished with Isaac and reestablished with Jacob because God is a generational God. God blesses and thinks generationally. Now, Abraham was, uh, God established a covenant with Abraham and he reestablishes it with Jacob. But in this passage we're about to read, Jacob is actually fleeing trouble. His brother Esau wants to get revenge on Jacob for having taken his blessing handed down from their father Isaac that should have been handed to now to, um, Jake, uh, to Esau, but was handed to Jacob. Have I made that clear for anybody? I don't think I have. Esau was the firstborn of the two brothers. He had the birthright that the blessing of Isaac should have been given to him. But he sold his birthright to Jacob, and Jacob gets the birthright that was Esau's handed down to him from Isaac. And Esau is unhappy, and Esau is plotting revenge against Jacob. And so Jacob's mother, Rebekah, comes to Jacob and says, you need to flee. And this is where we pick up the story. Jacob is now leaving for fear of his life. Genesis chapter 28, verse 10 to 19. It's quite long, so, so bear with me. Are we clear on who Jacob is now? I hope we are. If not, go and read it later. Verse 10 of chapter 28. Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, he stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. This can't be a luxury hotel, can it? Because he's not been handed out very nice pillows. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven and the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father, Abraham. He's generational, the God of Isaac. And I will give you and your descendants the land 
on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I am with you and I will watch over you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, though the city used to be called Luz. This is our text for this morning. Now, there's a lot in this passage that's happening, but I want you to notice his dream, this incredible picture of a gateway to heaven where there's this ladder in which angels are ascending and descending. These messengers of God are ascending and descending between heaven and earth, and there above the ladder stood the Lord who spoke to Jacob a profound promise for his future, a generational promise which started, as I said, with his grandfather, Abraham, remembering that God is generational. Now, when Jacob awoke, he called that place Bethel, which means house of God. In other words, this place where I've encountered God has now become the house of God. Jacob, who was fleeing trouble, now has God show up in the midst of his difficulty. Notice his response to the dream as he awakes. Surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. Church, God is with us. God is with you in the midst of your difficulties, in the midst of your challenges, in the midst of your faith crisis, in the midst of what you have going on. God is with you, but perhaps we were not aware of it. And in this moment of encounter, Jacob becomes totally aware that God is with him. And my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would again awaken with us, in us an awe and a wonder for the God whom we truly serve, a God who is present and a God who is with us throughout our lives. In our journey collectively through COVID and the state of the world, I pray that we would again be awakened to the reality that God has been with us, God is with us, and God will forever be with us as He promised to be, with the knowledge that surely the Lord is in this place. That that would become our declaration, that though the world might be getting darker and things might be more a challenge, we would have a declaration that states, surely the Lord is in this place. Our awareness of God's presence does not diminish the truth that God is with us. God is moving. God is working. God's plans and God's purposes are being fulfilled in the earth. Perhaps it's more that we need to become aware of his presence all over again. The Bible says that Jacob awoke. Turn to your neighbor and say, wake up. Come on, wake up. Wake up on the inside. Jacob awoke to a revelation that surely God is with me. And I felt in my preparation of this, 
God wants another Jacob moment for us, an awareness, an awakening that surely our God is with us right now here in the midst of what we're facing. Open our eyes, Lord, to see the glory of God that is all around us. I wonder, church, is there enough wow in our lives? Wow, wonder for who God is. Are we in awe of what God has done in Christ? By the way, the letter in the story of Jacob, Jacob's letter was referred to as a gateway. Well, we know that Jesus is the ultimate gateway between heaven and earth. And have we got the wow in our hearts afresh for what God has done in Jesus Christ? That we have direct access to the throne room of God where we find grace and mercy, all the things we've sung about this morning in the presence of God. Or is it more meh? Meh. Meh. Faith's good. Church attendance is good. Serving God's good. But is it more a meh or is it a wow? Because it's a wow that God wants His people to have. A wow and a wonder for what God has done in Jesus Christ for you and I. I believe the Lord did with Jacob what God did with him. He wants to awaken afresh in us. This awesome, how awesome is our God. That our declaration would again be surely the Lord is in this place. See, one encounter with God changes everything. Have you noticed that in your life? One encounter with God. The day I got radically saved was an incredible encounter with God. And I've continued to have encounters with God that have changed my perspective and shifted my life, brought me to a place of breakthrough and freedom. It's a constant journey, but one encounter with God can change everything. That's why we keep praying for people who don't know Jesus, because it only takes one encounter with God to change everything. One encounter for you can change your declaration in your situation. For Jacob, he renamed the place from Luz to Bethel. This is the house of God. For you, one encounter with God can take you from a declaration of doom to one of praise, from a place of complaint to a place of worship. That's what happened to me in my own journey of complaint while renovating the house late one night. And when I say late, it was like 3 a.m. in the morning. That's how desperate I was to get the job done so Ange could come home heavily pregnant. But the place of encounter in one moment then became the place of worship. And surely God is in this place. Worship that refreshed and released fresh wonder of a loving and present God. He was with me in the midst of of my pain, and he's with you in the midst of your pain. Also in this passage in Genesis 28, as I said, we see the promise that was given to Jacob that had also been given to his grandfather Abraham. And Jacob knew covenant really well. And here's the covenant reestablished with Jacob, just to pick up on it afresh. Verse 14, your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. We know it, don't we, as blessed so that we can be a blessing. All the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. The design of this blessing was so that in turn we could go on to be a blessing wherever we go. Verse 15 went on and said, And I will watch over you wherever you go. How awesome is it to have God as your protector? How awesome for Jacob that God would say, and I will watch over you. That's a blessing. 
But guess what? That same blessing is for you. And I will watch over you all the days of your life. Who loves having a God who watches over them? Wow. And I will not leave you, God says to him, until I've done what I have promised you. And that promise was generational. God will not leave us at all. God says to Jacob, I will not leave you until I've done all that I promised you. That is a promise keeping God whom we serve. My presence will be with you to the fulfillment of my promise. You also know, don't you, that God watches over you wherever you go. Do you have that revelation in your heart that there is a God who is watching over you each and every day? The Holy Spirit lives in you. He is with you wherever you go. So let's jump forward 21 years in Jacob's life. Let's see if we can get a glimpse at the fulfillment of God's promises to Jacob. Genesis 35, some seven chapters on, says this. Let's then come. Now he's got a cohort of people with him. Let's go up to Bethel, where I will build an altar to God who answered me in the day of my distress. He hasn't forgotten after 21 years. And here's the conclusion. And who has been with me wherever I have gone? Jacob was able to say, I encountered God in my distress 21 years earlier, and He, God, has been with me wherever I have gone. He's recognised God's presence with him throughout his life. Sometimes looking back is really important. I've talked about this before. Sometimes we get caught up in the here and now, and we wonder what on earth is going on in the here and now. And sometimes our best witness is to look back at the faithfulness of God throughout our lives. And here's Jacob reflecting on the last 21 years, the moment of encounter that he had with God in the midst of his distress. He's now able to look over that 21 years and say, look, God has been with me wherever I have gone. God fulfilled his promise to Jacob. It's only on reflection that Jacob could see the presence of God had been with him throughout his life. For Jacob, God's presence was no longer in one place. Here's the shift. Bethel. But God was now with him wherever he went. Jacob had gone from wandering in his distress to wonder in the presence of God. God wants each of us to have fresh wonder found in his presence. COVID caused so many to go into a state of wandering. Many in their faith expression have simply dialed back their commitment to Christ and his cause. Others have laid down the awe and wonder of devotion to God. Others are still in shock or fatigue. For others, it feels like I'm fleeing from problems and life is full of challenges. Across our city, hearing from pastors, many people have stopped attending church gatherings, stopped giving out of worship, stopped serving. Many want to enjoy blessing without the being a blessing. And I get that life has been a challenge for many. But for many, we need fresh patterns of encounter with God. Another moment of encountering God's presence where we could have that declaration of surely God is in this place. I felt prompted this week that we need a fresh encounter, a Jacob encounter, fresh revelation of a present God who loves us deeply, who's true to his promises and a God who's in control. It's us often that feel out of control 
And then we think, must be God who's out of control. No, no, God's not out of control. God's totally in control. It's us often who feel out of control or things are beyond our control. Well, we were never meant to have full control in the first place. And many need a fresh awakening to the wonder and awe of God and all that he has done for us in Jesus Christ. What I love about Jacob's life and what I pray for us all is he went from a place of encounter at Bethel to a life fully aware of the presence of God with him on a daily basis, not limited to a moment or a place. We were never to have encounters with God limited just to a place, though places are special. And I believe we have meeting places with God that are special to each of us and unique to us. There are places that I encounter God that I love. Like Jacob would never forget Bethel. You never forget the places of encounter that you had with God. I have them. But in saying that, nothing ever trumps for me my love for the gathered church. It's always been a place of encounter with God. And I'm praying right across our city, right across our nation, and right across the West, that there would be a fresh passion in people's hearts for the gathered church. But His presence is not limited to a place. That's how the promise that all peoples on the earth shall be blessed will get fulfilled. Blessed in order to be a blessing. Carriers of the presence of God into every place and into every situation we walk into. Designed by God to spread His blessing to all the peoples of the earth. Not kept to a location, the Spirit of God living within His people that we would carry the presence of God wherever we go and the blessing of God would spread across the earth. That's how the glory of the Lord shall cover the whole earth like the water covers the seas. So again, I pray that we would be awakened afresh to the presence of God. In awe again of the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. In awe of His mercies that are new every day. In awe of His peace that surpasses all understanding, in awe of a love so great that the Father would give up His own Son, in awe of the hope we have in our hearts despite times of trouble, in awe of the fact that God works through ordinary people. Wow. David in the Bible was the one to say, who am I and who is my family that you should choose me? Wow. God walks, works through each and every person in awe of the reality of total forgiveness and the gift of of righteousness, in awe of the good that God brings forth from the ashes of our brokenness, in awe of all the incredible things God has done throughout our lives and for generations and for generations to come, in awe, in awe of God. So how do I stir up my wonder? And how do I stir up my awe for who God is? I find fresh wonder in my worship. I find fresh wonder in my times of prayer. I find fresh wonder in the times where I focus my attention on who God is and what He's done for me in Christ. I find it in submission to His Lordship where I trust Him each and every day despite what my circumstances are saying. Even in the midst of my confusion or trial or disappointment, I trust in the Lord with all my heart. I wake up my wonder through serving and through sacrifice. I wake up my wonder when I give out of adoration instead of giving out of compulsion. That's why our language at Life Church is that giving is part of our worship. It's not 
compulsion. It's not have to, it's want to out of love for Him. You wake up fresh wonder when you walk in your God shape and live with purpose on purpose for the cause of Christ in the earth. And Jill spoke on purpose wonderfully last week, but when we walk in our purpose on purpose, we wake up the wonder of God. You don't just exist, you live with purpose on purpose. Not just waiting for Jesus to return, but being a blessing wherever you can in helping others in their journey of faith. You wake up the wonder when you believe with all your heart in the sovereignty and control of God in the earth, despite the headlines. God is in control. As the worship team comes back up to join me, I'm not quite finished, but as they come and join me. My exhortation today is simple, and it's this, and I want you to hear this. Expect again, church, expect again to hear God's voice, prompting, and direction for your next season, no matter your age and no matter your stage. Expect again an encounter with God. Expect again to hear His voice. A simple statement, like give thanks that at least you can use your arms. Was an encounter with God that led to gratitude, that led to worship. And moments like that, as small as they may seem, have had a significant impact on the outcomes of my life. And I want to encourage us again, church, in the exhortation today, just to fresh, expect God to speak. Expect to hear His voice. Expect to have an encounter with Him. I wonder how often we come into the gathered church with an expectation that we're going to encounter God. That surely God is in this place. Well, the promise in Scripture is that He is. Where two or three gather in His name, there He is. So it's in a place where we encounter God. Yes, we get the community, we get to encounter each other. That is the beauty of the gathered church. But beyond that, the greatest blessing is to encounter the God of all creation in your life. For some, I believe it's time to commit to giving as part of your worship. For some, it's to find ways either through our Sunday gathering or in your sphere of influence where God has placed you equally as valuable to serve others or both. For some, it's not to leave joining us at a gathering to chance. Many are leaving it to chance. I'll see what comes up on the weekend. But for some, it's to commit your regular attendance again. That's a resetting of healthy patterns. For others, it's to return to gatherings full stop. You haven't returned yet. You haven't come back. It's time to return to gatherings. For some, it's the beginning to pray again and to read your Word with expectation of hearing the voice of God. For some, it's time to draw aside, to pray, worship, read your Word, but not just do it. Do it with expectation. For others, it's simply put, do what God already told you to do. That's obedience. And even if what He is asking seems too big, that's because God thinks big. God thinks generationally. So of course it feels big. But if God said, then do. But I, for someone else, it's to step out in faith and share with somebody the hope that you have in Jesus Christ and to believe for a boldness 
Just speak about Jesus. We sing a song in the church called I Speak Jesus. Just speak about Jesus. You don't have to know Genesis to Revelation with full theological understanding. You don't. You just need to know Jesus. I speak Jesus. You have a testimony in your heart of what Christ has done for you. For some, it's to step out and share your faith. But I simply pray for each of us that we would go today and every day with fresh awe and fresh wonder for what God has done for us and for what God has given to us. Let's not fall into the meh category. Let's be people who have a fresh wow, 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 wow. What a God we serve, wow. He sent His Son Jesus in place of us to take our sin upon Himself. Wow, Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price so we could have eternal hope in our hearts. Wow, He set us free from sin and condemnation and He overcame death and He conquered the grave. Wow, we serve an incredible God of love who did not withhold His own Son. Wow, we have the greatest message of hope that the world needs. Wow, we have the truth. We have the power of God because we have the Holy Spirit living in us. Wow. We weren't left with just intellect. The Holy Spirit was given to us to be with us and to move through us. Wow. There is power in your prayers when you pray because God is not dead. God is very much alive and He hears your prayers prayed in faith. Wow. And I pray, Holy Spirit, wake up within this church and every church in our nation a fresh wonder for what Jesus Christ has done. If you're able today, would you stand and give me the privilege of praying for you? I pray this might be a moment for many of an encounter with the Holy Spirit. So for you, whatever it looks like to posture an open heart, it might be sitting for some, I've just asked you to stand. It might be lifting your hands, it might just be closing your eyes. Whatever it looks like for you, just posture yourself and believe with expectation that the Holy Spirit would meet you. Holy Spirit, we just invite you now in this moment to continue to move and to touch each heart afresh with newfound wonder, a wow for all that God has done. Surely the Lord is in this place but perhaps we didn't know it. Perhaps we didn't recognise. Perhaps we've forgotten and therefore lowered our expectation of encounters on Sunday. So I pray right now, Holy Spirit, would you lift our expectation, both in the gathered church here today, but also wherever we would go throughout our week, lift our expectation. As Jacob said, how awesome is this place? This is no other than the house of God. And I pray today in your house that you would awaken and stir every heart that needs a fresh awakening. Take away apathy, I pray. Break the power of apathy off people's lives and replace it with a fresh awe and a fresh wonder. See, Jacob knew both challenge, but he also knew blessing. But in the midst of both, he knew your presence so strongly with him. Father, today, put the I know in people's hearts. I know that God is with me into every heart right now that has doubts. For those who are in the midst of trouble, I pray for a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit. 
For those who have complaints, even genuine complaints, and that's okay, I pray today for fresh gratitude and a lift in their worship. For Father, for us as Life Church in three locations, as well as those online, pour out fresh wonder and adoration that we would see a lift in our passion and our desire together in worship. That would lead, it, lead to greater fruitfulness wherever you send us during the week. And I pray now, Lord, that you would release fresh joy into this place to those who are lacking strength. Cause them again, I pray, to overflow with great joy. Lord, we release peace like a river to those facing impossible odds or difficult challenges today. We, we release your peace to them afresh. Lord, those who are in need of a miracle today, health or provision or any other miracle, we look to you, Lord, and ask now for miracles to be released to people, blessed to be a blessing. So we pray for health. We pray for provision. We pray for breakthrough. Lord, you know every situation in this room and every need is known by you. So we release healing right now across this auditorium. And those who need that will take it by faith. And we take authority in Jesus' Name over every sickness, over every disease, and we break its power today and we release healing to each person in the mighty and powerful and wonderful Name of Jesus in which all authority in heaven and on earth has been given. And so in that Name, we pray right now in Jesus' Name, be healed, be set free. We pray for provision. We pray for a release of blessing and a release of miracle. It miracles in the Name of Jesus. Lord, for those who need wisdom today, which is every single one of us to some measure in the days that we live, we ask for wisdom that goes beyond our earthly understanding. The Bible says, if you lack wisdom, ask and the Father shall give it to you. So today we pray for fresh wisdom for every person who should ask for wisdom. Some of you are facing challenging circumstances not sure how to navigate, not sure what the answer might be, not sure what direction to take. So today we reach out and we pray for godly wisdom to come, for understanding to come. Beyond our natural intellect, God would show you the way. God grant your church, your people, great wisdom. And as we come to worship again this morning, we ask Holy Spirit that you would revive hearts in fresh wonder. In the mighty Name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's worship God together.